Good afternoon and welcome to Big Game Sports Radio, the first episode in a brand new show. I'm Scott Squires and very pleased today to be wel- to be welcoming in the head coach of one of the lacrosse teams in the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League. It's Brendan Smithson and Brendan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to have you here. So you are in your fourth year. Uh, third year as head coach of the Mi'kmaq Warriors, again, part of the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League. I guess, first of all, uh, a little bit about yourself uh, and your role with the team, because I believe you actually do a little more than just head coach of the Warriors. <laughs> yes, I do quite a few things. Um, so I've been with the Warriors, as you mentioned, for four years. Um, I started out as uh, president and general manager in the first season. Uh, then, unfortunately, we lost our coaches after the first season, and then I had to step in the role as head coach. Um, as well as general manager and uh, president, which has continued on until this season when I had a new person take over president. And the reason that I had to step down as president is uh, I have been nominated as the care, taken over the commissioner of the ECJHL League. So uh, I had to take over that position, which made a conflict of interest with the president. So we had a new person take over in that role. So lots of changes, but the bottom line is you're pretty heavily involved with not only uh, the team that's based out of here in Truro, but also with the league in general. I've been pretty involved with lacrosse most of my life, from provincial to club to local, uh, to getting some new programs started, and including the North American Indigenous Games lacrosse team. Um, so I've been involved at all levels, and uh, as they say, I wear many hats when I sit at the table, it seems like. That's for sure. Or, or carry many lacrosse sticks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Now, it's a, a five-team league. Uh, other than, of course, the Mi'kmaq Warriors, uh, what can you tell us about the other teams and where they're located? Um, so the majority of the teams are loaded, located in the HRM region. So there's the Sackville Wolves, Dartmouth Bandits, and the Halifax Hurricanes. And there is one team that is located out of New Brunswick. Um, they call themselves the New Brunswick uh, Mavericks and play majority of their games out of Moncton. Now, I know for you, uh, the Warriors, you've already had two games the regular season just starting last week. Uh, your first game was against the Sackville Sports Wheels Wolves, and then your second game against the New Brunswick Mavericks. Uh, you uh, had mixed results in the first two, but maybe, Coach, uh, just your thoughts on the first two games of the regular season for the Warriors. So just quickly on the first two games, uh, absolutely solid performance by our team. Uh, you know, we've had a rough first three seasons, and uh, we showed a lot of life in the last two. Uh, in our first game against the Wolves, um, they're probably one of the up-and-coming teams. I actually ranked them in the top two this year. Uh, and coming with only four goals is not much within lacrosse. There's a couple areas that we struggled in the game, such as loose balls in the power play, but being the first game of the season and a few newcomers on the team, it took the offense a little while to get going. But uh, I feel it's a team that we can play with throughout the season, uh, which is one of the important steps. And it gave our kids a lot of confidence going in that game. Um, coming out of that game into the next game against the Mavericks, it's a team uh, we've had a, some pretty good rivalry with over the couple, past couple of years, being the only teams that are outside of HRM. Um, and the boys are extremely fired up for that game, and they just kind of had a different feeling that day. Um, they had a really strong first and second period. Um, fell a little bit back in the third, but uh, stayed in there long enough to be able to pull out the victory, which uh, was really important to our guys. It's actually our first victory in a couple of years, so uh, really meant a lot to them, and everybody just stepped up for that game. So on a positive note, we're, we're really moving forward in a great way and uh, looking forward to continuing on. Yeah, just uh, obviously a lot of energy coming out of that uh, win 
the other day, which you mentioned uh, your next game uh, coming up this Friday night at Colchester Legion Stadium right here in Truro, an 8 o'clock local start. Uh, what can you tell us about the opponent and uh, what are going to be a couple of keys for you guys to be successful and get your second win on the year? Well, Dartmouth is, uh, is the pinnacle of this league. They're the two-time defending champs. Um, they have uh, dominated the league for the last two years and been in the finals the last, uh, I think, five. Um, so they're definitely a team that we strive to, uh, to compete with and we've had some struggles with. Their biggest part of their game is uh, the fast break out of their own end. Uh, they are a very quick transition team. Um, you know, at our last practice, is something we really focused on. Uh, trying to shut that down will be a big key to this game um, for us to be to be in the game. Without uh, shutting down their transition, um, they can easily get uh, five goals within a minute very quickly, and uh, not something we want to see. Another key to us, Dartmouth is a very physical team, um, which is always challenging, but always has them draw a lot of penalties. Um, in our first game, our power play went one for 13, but last game went three for nine. But we really need to get that power play up to about 50% and make sure we're capitalizing on any opportunities that they're being sent to the box um, to, to stay within that game. And uh, I think our boys are motivated for it. And we worked on a lot of those things this week in practice, and I think they're, they're ready for this one. So I'm kind of excited to see where we uh, kind of mark up against the tops in the league for sure. Well, I had a chance to check out your practice here in Toronto last night. There was certainly a lot of energy. Uh, the guys were on the floor for about 90 minutes, and I didn't see uh, any drop-off in energy in that hour and a half. Before we talk about that practice last night and some things that I saw and some of your players, maybe just uh, tell us a little bit about some of the other uh, members of your coaching staff because they were very prominent there last night helping run that practice. So uh, we have, uh, in, uh, with the Warriors, we have uh, quite a young coaching staff um, bringing up some former players to help us coach, which has been a really great uh, addition to us. So uh, Austin Hepworth is our defensive coordinator. He's been with us for three years now. Um, he also joined the North American Indigenous Games Team Nova Scotia coaching staff last year and has taken uh, huge steps in, in running the defense. Um, he's really taken a lead role and uh, directing them exactly the way we want. We've put in a new defensive system this year, and uh, he's actually leading them in that way, and we've seen a big difference. On the offensive side, we've added uh, Zachary Julian, who was actually an assistant captain with the team uh, in their second season. Um, he's running the offense this year. We've had some struggles trying to find an offensive coordinator over the past couple of years, and Zach has stepped in and really, really taken that role and worked with our offense and getting our motion down in the movements. We have some really strong offensive players this year, so we needed somebody who was at their level to, to lead them. Um, Zachary's taken on a, that leadership role on the bench and is also uh, doing really well with the younger kids and working in that direction. And the last one is uh, Brennan Gugu. Um, he's a former player as well, graduated last season, um, and he helps out with the defensive side as well. Um, and he's really great because he's very close to the kids' age and has that relationship with them. Um, that especially when I come down hard on them, he's there to uh, help them through that moment after uh, sometimes I have to be the bad guy. Good cop, bad cop, right? <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while it happens, right? <laughs> so speaking of that practice last night, as I said, there was all kinds of energy and, and it was pretty much go, go, go for the entire uh, 90 minutes or so. But at the end, toward the end of the practice, one of your assistant coaches uh, told the guys that he was going to run something really fun and really cool at the end. It's something, it's a drill I've never seen before, but basically he broke all of the guys down into teams of three, and they all had to go out there at once 
And then I think basically when a team of three scored, they got to go off and so on and so forth. And then it, it kind of broke down to a final couple of teams playing. But is that a drill that you have seen before? And, and perhaps, Coach, maybe you can explain it a little better than I just did. Well, to be honest with you, that is a Zachary special. Um, he actually decided to use it for the first time last night. Um, as you said, we had a really intense practice. Um, we're trying to keep the energy very high after the win and keep that going. And when that happens, especially after a good two games in our opening, we wanted to give them an opportunity to, um, you know, have a little fun with it and, and enjoy the game because that's a big part of it for us. Um, so we usually do a different game we call five ball. Um, Zachary wanted to try something different. And I said, well, you go right ahead. So actually, how do you explain it exactly how it happens? He breaks everybody into three teams. Um, we play half court. Um, there is, uh, so there was five teams to three there. There's one ball. And as soon as you score, um, your team gets to leave. Um, and you go down till you have uh, three teams that scored, and then they do a final three for the championship, and the team that scores first wins. Um, it's a fun game that gets everybody involved. It works on their shooting. It uh, works on their passing, catching, and traffic. Uh, it has a lot of laughs. Um, so it does work on all the basic skills that we were really preaching to them. Um, but it allows them to have a little fun at the end of practice, which they're always kind of looking for. And uh, they seem to have a little fun. There's a few that wasn't sure what's going on, but as soon as the ball came near them, they sure jumped right in. <laughs> yeah, they did. And they, and they really did have a whole lot of high energy. And, and you could see like the celebrating when they were scoring and then the team of three got to go off and then wait for the next one to come. But that kind of leads me to the game of box lacrosse uh, in general. It's a very fast, free-flowing sport. Uh, you know, there's no offsides, anything like that. So basically, the ball is always in movement. The players are always in movement, transitioning from defense through to offense on the attack. How much does a drill like that help, as you said, keep the energy going and, and keep these guys engaged? Because, again, it is a really free-flowing game. It, it's a great drill for the transition of the sport and the, the speed and the endurance part. Um, you know, in, in lacrosse, as you said, there's no offsides, there's no icing, um, there's none of those. So when an interference or anything happens, the ball goes the other, other way immediately and it just goes. And if you don't react quick enough, it's one of the, one of the challenges. Um, so a drill like that allows them to work on their quickness of reacting um, with a lot of people around them um, and working in traffic, which is all part of the game. So it has that quick reaction time and keeps the energy high. Um, it also has the vision piece of it. Lacrosse is a, especially in box lacrosse where you have the 30 second shot clock. When somebody's stick is open, you really have to hit that opportunity because you don't get as many as you'd like in 30 seconds. And so it gives that opportunity where there's a lot of people around. When somebody gets open, you got to hit them right away and you have to have that vision. So it really, again, touches on all parts of the game, um, which is why we why I enjoyed Zach running the drill. Um, and uh, one of his leadership points is to start doing some of the drills this year. So it uh, really helped him out as well. But it does touch on all the points uh, and adds to the fun of it, which is exactly what they needed at that point after we had a high-intensity practice. So it worked out really well of hitting all of our points of transition, speed, loose balls, passing, shooting, um, and endurance, because they pretty much ran for about 15 minutes while they were out there. Um, and then still having a good time while they're doing it. Yeah, I was just watching them, and I was winded. I could barely make it down the steps to come talk to you afterwards, just watching <laughs> these guys run around. I got to be honest, I, I was sitting beside both of our goalies who said, wow, I'm really glad I'm not a player right now. <laughs> so given what you saw, I mean, of course, you know, there's lots that goes on in the practice, and, and you break it down into more than that. But given what you saw, 
in that final drill. That was the first time that it had been implemented. Uh, what are your thoughts on perhaps allowing that to be implemented in other practices? It definitely was a, a great drill, and we're definitely going to continue using it. Um, number one, as I said, all the skills were there, and also they enjoyed it. Uh, the biggest piece is having them enjoy something like that because it's a, it's, a, it's a piece where it does skills where they're not realizing they're doing the skills, and uh, it allows them to have some fun while we're doing it. So we're always looking for a new addition to our drills around something that's fun but touches on all the skills, and uh, Zach swore that it would be a great drill, and he was 100% right on that. So we're definitely going to be using that in our repertoire again. Um, there are some variations that we've already talked about that we're going to add to it to uh, add a little bit more competition as well. So we'll be looking at those in a couple future practices. Well, it was funny because I was watching Zach, and he was excite- as excited to get the guys to do it and to see it executed, I think, I think as the guys were to actually run the drill. So that was kind of neat to see as well. Let's talk. I think he was actually more excited. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he definitely was. Let's talk about a couple of your players. I mean, obviously, uh, it takes everybody pulling together to to make a team effort. But, you know, some things jump out when I look at the statistics through the first two games for this Warriors team. Uh, your leading scorer, 13 points, Bryson Knockwood. He's got six goals, seven assists. Right behind in the goal scoring is Connor Dennis. He's got six goals, two assists for eight points. And then rounding out a couple of more top scorers, you got Jordan Whitford with five points, uh, Jackson, Dan Elzen with four, Zach Whitford with four as well. Uh, Maybe just a a comment about, I know it's early and you've only played two games, but maybe just a comment about where your team is right now and what fans can expect from this Warriors team through the season. I mean, you know, the one thing I can always say about us that we've preached um, is that we're the hardworking team that never quits. Um, That's where we've always tried to be. We may not be the most talented team in the league, but we're never going to, we're we're going to play with hearts and battle through everything. Um, our offense has really found their chemistry at this point, um, being the leadership through uh, Bryson Knockwood and Connor Dennis. Uh, Bryson is a right shot and Connor is a left, and both of them are leading their sides in continuing to get people open. Offensively, it has been a complete team effort. I know Bryson and, and Connor are our top two on, on the points. Um, but it really has been the whole offense getting everybody open. They just happen to be the two that are popping out in areas. Um, and it's important to have that balanced offense and the fact that as we move forward, we noticed it in the Moncton game that uh, Moncton realized that uh, Bryson was out there and they were doubling and tripling him, which started to open up Connor Dennis a little bit more and Zach Whitford and Jordan Whitford, um, and they started putting it in, which then opened up Bryson again. So making sure we have the opportunities for everybody to get in there um, is really important. On the defensive side, um, they're just an absolutely hardworking, hard-hitting team. Um, they understand their responsibilities. They trust everyone out that's on the floor, and each one of them does their job. As long as we believe in ourselves with uh, trusting exactly what everybody else is supposed to do, uh, we can always come out on top, and every team that we've played so far has commented about how strong our defense has been this year, and we want to continue to keep that up uh, with strong battling and being aggressive on the ball. This year we've really tried to add – the aggressiveness, which caused turnovers and fast breaks for us the other way. We've had uh, actually two of our defensive guys already score on fast break opportunities, and uh, we want to continue to give those opportunities by being aggressive. Um, So aggressive is where we are and where we want to be, and we're going to continue that throughout the season where we don't plan on lighting up on no matter who the opponent is. Well, you mentioned how physical your defense is, and, and lacrosse, especially box lacrosse, an exceptionally physical game. There's no question it's a full contact sport. I remember when I was a little kid, uh, my big brother, 
was a very good lacrosse player uh, in Newfoundland and, and played at a number of different events. But I remember one year he went away and played at the Newfoundland Summer Games against some really tough competition from up in Labrador. And he came back and he was black and blue. And I remember how upset my mom was. How, for folks who may not really understand, Coach, how can you help them understand just how physical and fun, but really physical, the game of box lacrosse is? Um, it's, it's very hard to explain how physical it is. Um, it's an extremely physical and demanding game. Number one, just from uh, cardio side of things, uh, very similar to hockey where you're running up and down the floor. The difference is in hockey, there's a lot of coasting. Unfortunately, in our game, there's no coasting. You have to run everywhere. Um, you know, the idea behind the, op- uh, the defensive side is to continue to move them out of the middle and keeping a stick on them at all times. So with or without the ball, we try to always make sure we're having contact with them. Obviously, it's legal contact. There's no shots to the head or no shots to the back. Um, but the idea is to hit them as hard as possible on the arm to try to keep them out of the middle of the area. So if you're one of our offensive players, which, as you mentioned, Bryson, uh, Connor Dennis, and Jordan Whitford, um, they, every time they go on the floor, the defense is continually beating on them. As we always say, never stop moving your feet because every time you do, you're just going to keep getting hammered. So uh, it's an extremely physical game. I do have to stay in the, in the fact of the physicalness of the game is a very respected sport. Um, in the fact that, you know, very similar to rugby in that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, if we wanted to, we could actually hurt somebody, but we respect our opponents, we respect the game, uh, we respect the history of the game, and we everybody in all teams try to play within the rules. There are accidents that happen, but the idea of keeping it, it safe and everybody um, doesn't get injured and gets to go to work or school the next day is extremely important across the league. Um, but I can tell you that uh, anytime we have a new pair in the stands, they're always making the ooh and ah face after uh, watching our offense go out there and get beat on for a little bit. But um, they enjoy it. They're mostly offensive players feed off of it, and uh, that's how they just keep going. Well, I would highly recommend anyone who's never had a chance to go out and see a game to uh, to go check out the uh, East Coast Junior Lacrosse League website, see the schedule, find a game in your area. Because when you go out and watch the game live, you really have an appreciation for it. Uh, a fast, physical, and a very fun game. There's no question about it. Now let's look ahead again. I know we talked about it briefly, but you got a big match coming up on Friday night, a, a game against the Dartmouth Bandits. You know, a couple of players that lead the way for them, Tyson Carvery, Dakota Morrissey, Dalton Brown, just to name a couple. But what are going to be a couple of real keys, Coach, uh, to shut those guys down and, again, just to, uh, to have success against this Dartmouth team on Friday? Um, so, you know, the first one is obviously the transition game. Um, a lot of their guys come out of the defensive end and create fast breaks. We need to shut that down. Um, on the defensive side and shutting those players down, one of the biggest keys with Dartmouth is that they're an extremely aggressive team and very strong in the loose balls. Um, one of the things that we noticed looking at our stats from game one is that we lost the loose ball battle by over 20, um, and we're still only four down in that game. When you play a team like Dartmouth, we cannot lose that loose ball battle. When the, ball, when the ball goes down, we have to come up with it and stop giving them second and third chance opportunities because the more chances you give them, the more opportunities they will bury the ball. They have the top offense the last two years, so we need to make sure that we don't continue to give them opportunities. Um, you know, on defensive side, we don't try – we do some matchups, but uh, we try to run more of the five-man system that are out there and continue to make sure everybody's doing their job. One of our biggest keys is that, as you saw in practice, we were very intense. 
is trying to keep the confidence up in our guys. We have in the past had a little bit of intimidation from Dynamith being so good, and this year I think that we're at a different place that the confidence is up to play them, and so that we need that to make sure that our defense is holding strong. And as we've seen from our goalie, we need an, another exceptional game. Uh, Nick uh, McClellan has had two phenomenal games in the opening, and we're going to need nothing less than that. He's made over 80 saves already, and he's probably going to see about 70 shots in this game, and we're going to need a big game from him. So um, those are the keys for us on the defensive end. And the offensive end, they just need to find the rhythm. Dartmouth is a very physical team, which often can knock you out of your rhythm. And as soon as their offense finds their flow in the cycle, uh, I, I actually believe we have one of the top offenses in the league once they get going. And we just need to make sure that they find that early on and continue that throughout the game. This is a game that's going to be 60 minutes, and if you let up on this team at all, um, they can score goals in bunches, and we need to play solid for 60. And I think everybody has bought into that message and is ready for this one. Well, you mentioned the goaltender. That actually made me think uh, of something as you were talking. You know, so many similarities in terms of the, you know, the number of players on the floor compared to the number of players on the ice. You know, hockey, box lacrosse, a lot of similarities. But in hockey it's always considered to be a real asset or a benefit when you've got a goaltender who can handle the puck and move the puck forward. In lacrosse, your goaltender has to handle the ball quite a bit and can look for those outlet passes and really get the offense going, transitioning down the other way. Just how important is it for your goaltender, not only to stop the ball, but to be able to pick that ball up and to be able to find something down the floor offensively to get your guys set up going the other way? Uh, it's, it's a great point, and to be honest, without that, uh, you can never get the ball off the floor. Um, we had some struggles with that last year. Nick was in his first year, and um, he's been working on that really hard and, and really improved on that part of his game. Without a goalie who can pass it to the outlet or pass it up the floor, stretch the defense, um, the defense can continue to do a five-man pressure, and it's extremely tough to get up the floor, which causes turnovers and gives them more opportunities. So, um, you know, when we're at the younger ages within Truro, uh, we really work with our goalies and not allowing them to just drop the ball off to somebody beside them in the crease. We work on making sure they're able to pass it. We understand early on it may cause some turnovers as they're learning to pass, but as they move up the ranks, the importance of passing is phenomenal. If you have a goalie who can't pass, there's almost no point in playing them because we can't get the ball out of our own end without that. So um, it, it's probably as important as any player being able to pass and catch. The goalies are no different than anyone else in that realm. Definitely something to keep an eye for on Friday night when you take on the Dartmouth Bandits. Listen, Coach, really appreciate you taking the time this afternoon to speak with us. And before we let you go, again, I know that your main role is to be the head coach of the Mi'kmaq Warriors uh, in the Lacrosse <laughs> League. But with your role in the league itself, uh, maybe last word to you in terms of just, you know, let people know that are listening to this and that will listen to this afterwards, you know, why they should come out and check out an East Coast Junior Lacrosse League game in their uh, local arena. You know, why should they come out? Why do you want them to come out? Um, you know, in terms of the overall league and, and why people should come out, number one, um, I think the game is, is a fast-paced, fun, entertaining game for fans. Um, you know, it, it's a go, go, go. It's not a 2-1 game. Games are, you know, 12-10, 12-8, uh, those high-scoring games where there's lots of goals, lots of action. It's one of those games that if you got up to go get a pop, you probably missed three goals. Um, so the whole time you're sitting in your seat, there will be lots of action. Uh, you won't miss a thing in front of you. It'll be really entertaining. As well, um, I think that we put on a pretty professional product. 
in the fact of, uh, you know, uniforms around with uh, announcers and all those pieces that is really important to the game. The other piece is that these are local kids who go to school, who, you know, work after this. This is, this is just like a, a summer time for them. They all actually pay to play in this league, um, and this is important to them, and it means a lot. And you can see the passion in every game and every player that's out on that floor. Um, they work all off-season. They work all, uh, all week. I mean, even with our teams, there's 25 players on each team, and we can only dress 18. So there's always seven players in the stands that are unable to play but work every week just to get into that dress list. So, um, you know, this means a lot to everybody from game one all the way down to uh, the finals. Every game is very intense and means something. It always seems like throughout the season you kind of have highs and lows, but I found with our league, no matter what game I go to, there's an intense one. There was one last night – or, sorry, Monday night um, – down in the BMO Center, and uh, it was two of the teams that met in the final last night. You would have thought they were playing for the Cup, and it was only their second game of the season. So um, there's intensity right from the start. It's a lot of entertainment for fans. I've never had somebody come to a game and said that they were bored um, because it just goes back and forth. The other piece is we really like to engage the kids. Kids are usually allowed to go out on the floor between intermissions. Some of the, piece, uh, some of the areas have, like, frisbee toss or skills competition for the kids um, and just get them engaged with the game. And if your kids love the players, there's never a problem to come down and get an autograph or just even shake their hand. Uh, we really enjoy having the fans there. And I know to our players, without the fans, it's not a game. And it means so much for everyone that shows up. Um, and we're always looking for the new person and anything that you would need. We're always here to help support that. So um, it's a great action, and I think anybody who would go would really enjoy it. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of fast pace, and we're trying to make it a family atmosphere so that the whole family can come and enjoy themselves and, and have a great night out at, on the town, and, it's, uh, and it's, it's a great opportunity for them. Well, I would definitely encourage people to visit the uh, East Coast Junior Lacrosse League on Twitter. There's a link on there as well that takes you to the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League website through Goal Line. All of the teams are listed there with their schedules, results, statistics, player rosters, and things of that nature. So again, uh, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, we wish you lots of luck Friday night as you look to take the Mi'kmaq Warriors to 2-1 and one on the season. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. Oh, it's been a real pleasure. That has been Brendan Smith, and he is the head coach from the Mi'kmaq Warriors right here in Truro, and his Warriors will be at home to take on the Dartmouth Bandits this Friday night, 8 o'clock at Colchester Legion Stadium. It's a great rivalry. And the Warriors will look to go 2-1 and one on the season. Make sure you check it out if you're in the local Truro area. Again, Colchester Legion Stadium, 8 o'clock Friday night. The Warriors hosting the Dartmouth Bandits. Make sure you're there. And again, to Coach Brendan Smithson, Smithson, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. I'm Scott Squires. This has been the Big Game Radio Show. And we will see you next time. And remember, friends, if you can't take part in sports, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.